Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show and it is October. It is the season to be spooky because Halloween is this month. And to celebrate, we do a bunch of extra episodes. This is one of them. I mean, I suppose I say that for all of these episodes. Technically, they can't all be extra because we'd be doing X amount anyway, but whatever. Regardless, you're talking about horror movies and (laughs) this one is one of a kind. This we're yeah. going to, we're going to talk about the evil within, not to be confused with the video game of the mm. the same title. This is one <laughs> where the story behind the movie is just as fascinating, arguably more fascinating oh, yeah. than the film itself. We will we will obviously start spoiler free. We'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers. But here we go. So, what is the evil within? <laughs> it was originally titled the Storyteller uh, before they changed the title. Uh, at some point before release but this is a movie that took 15 years to make it started being oh, shot so it must be really good um, if it, <laughs> maybe movies that take a lot of time usually end up being fantastic that's do you know it's actually I mean I know you're joking but that's actually the opposite usually like, like usually when they keep working on a movie for a long time it ends up being more of a oh, mess yeah. like that's yeah well that was a joke well no no I was oh. just like because you, you could argue that it should take it should be better if you take a long time if you take your time true, with it if you true. if you work yeah. on it but typically it means that it's a mess and they try to fix it and then you end up with just more of a cobbled together mess but whatever true. so this is a movie that took fifteen years to make and it was a personal passing project for a rich person uh, what was his name Getty something Getty Andrew Getty Andrew Getty. Uh, who, who who was rich because he's part of the Getty Oil uh, fortune. So we have this rich guy. He he wrote this, directed it himself. He had no experience before he did so. He filmed a lot of it in his own mansion. He built a production suite inside his house, like a post-production suite so he could edit it and tinker with it for years after the fact. The shooting itself was mostly 2002, but they kept going back and shooting more stuff for years. Uh, I believe the actual final shots, uh, from what I could gather from a bit of research, were 2005. So it was shot uh-huh. between 2002 and 2005, and then the next 12 years were editing, <laughs> special effects, and other tinkering. That uh, you know. So, and then to top it all off, Andrew Getty was a meth user. In fact, he he died two years before this came out. So two years ago. This just came out this year. This is a new release in mm-hmm. terms of like when it was when it came out. Uh, but he died two years ago and the film was sort of finished by the other editor who was sort of working along with it and here here we are. So we finally get to see a movie that was made by a meth addict an inexperienced um, um, meth addict who wrote and yeah. directed the whole thing by himself over fifteen years. This, this is I, I'm so happy that we're finally doing this movie because I hadn't heard about it until earlier this year, and I read an article about it that's basically laying out like everything you said, and um, you know I I don't want to you know immediately be like oh this is a bad movie let's make fun of it and and also um I you know I've been thinking a lot in terms of like what makes a movie bad versus like like what's actually really bad and versus what's you know someone's just really strange weird vision of the world and i i was you know after hearing everything about this like a 15 a movie 15 years in the making made by the son of like a rich oil tycoon yeah, and- who is a meth addict like this was like setting off all these buzzes in my brain that it's like i i, I don't know if this is going to be good crazy or awful or but whatever it is i knew it was going to be like an experience uh, that i had to see you said it was 15 years in the making and i, I think it's worth mentioning that usually when someone says a movie's 15 years in the making 20 yeah. years <laughs> in the making it usually means that the idea was there and like maybe they had a script but the actual making of the movie didn't happen until the last couple of years you know usually it takes a couple of years to make a movie and that's yeah. when that happened uh, very rarely does it mean that it was shot 15 years ago and they've been tinkering <laughs> with it all that time. That That is not what that usually means, but in this case, it does mean that. Yeah. So, I had so many random expectations going into this, and I had no idea what the plot actually was. 
And I actually, right. I, I didn't want to know. I, I was just ready to go in and kind of, and that's a big thing for me in this movie. I had no idea. There's a certain point about five, ten minutes into this movie <laughs> when I said, oh no, yeah. tell me that's not what this is. Tell me this is not what this is about. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wish maybe I'd gone in with that, but I'd watched the trailer before, so I was like, oh boy, I yeah, I think I know what we're getting into. Yeah, I, I, I had not seen a trailer. I did not know... What, you know who the main character was, what his condition was, more than that, and a little bit. I, I had none. I n- had none of this knowledge. So the movie opens with this like couple of dream sequences that are very kind of surreal and like, and then it gets to this point where so the, the main character is narrating it, mm-hmm. and he's talking about how he's had nightmares since he's a kid, and he sort of shows us one of these nightmares. He shows us what a new nightmare is like from. And he's narrating this the whole time, and it's all kind of very, you know, insightful. He's talking about, you know, the meaning of dreams and where they come from, and it's all this kind of uh, like in-depth kind of analysis of, you know, dreams. Mm. And then it's like, and here's me today with my my brother and his girlfriend having a picnic at the park. And like, okay, he's like, oh, I should let you know one more thing. My inside voice is a lot more confident than my outside voice. This is what I actually sound like. And then you hear him talking in the scene, and it becomes very uh, apparent that he is a special needs person. And I immediately went, "Oh no, oh no!" Because oh, well, I mean, I'm sure they treat it with the utmost dignity and respect, and that you would think. <laughs> no, see that that's that's just the thing because because this is like this weird passing project by this one person that's outside of the the movie business system. Like the studio system is not involved in this. This is what's this one yeah. rogue man doing all this? <laughs> okay. I immediately got worried because there's no because if if this was being made at Warner Brothers, right? They would take one look at this script and go, eh, this is insensitive. Don't do this. Yeah. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong. That's not to say that you can't have a character like this and. It, it couldn't be done with, with tact and with taste. It can be. Sure. However, the story of this movie is that this special needs, this mentally challenged person, begins mm. to hear an evil version of himself talking to him from mirrors and then convinces himself to become a serial killer. That is yeah. the premise of this movie, is that someone who's mentally challenged becomes a dangerous serial killer. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there are points where, like, he literally, or the evil version of him, literally says, "Like you need to kill to fix your brain." Yes. Whoa. <laughs> I, I, my, my jaw was on the floor as soon as like yeah. it became clear that this is what this character was. I, I was like, "No, this can't mm-hmm. be it. That, this can't be where this movie's going." Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk more about that, of course, as we go. But here, I do want to give it a couple of compliments, actually. Uh, yeah. But before before I say anything else, because obviously when I'd heard this story, this one nut job who like you know spent fifteen years making this movie, uh, and I, I'm I saying that nut job flippantly. I'm not really being serious when I say that. I'm just kind of, uh, mm-hmm. but like, I'm like okay, I'm expecting the room. I'm expecting something that exactly. doesn't look yeah. look or feel like an actual movie. I'm expecting something that feels like some novice has come in and not know what he's doing. But to to his credit, it does look like an actual movie. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it that. It, it clearly, he was rich, so he obviously hired people who knew how to film something. So it yeah. doesn't look like it's not a movie. Uh, I will say occasionally the audio quality, the the, the recording of the, the dialogue on the actors, mm-hmm. occasionally there was some distortion on that. You could tell they'd maybe recorded that a little bit too loud, and they had to turn it down. But when you do that, you get like distortion on the actors' voices, and it sounds a bit rough. Yeah, I'm. What I would probably say, and. Like you, I was expecting some giant disaster, like, hey, this is going to be the next room, Troll 2 kind of thing that we laugh and say, oh, haha, look how bad it is or whatever. Um, but as I was watching it, I, I really don't think it's poorly made. It's just the story and the dialogues and, and, and stuff. That is what's awful and crazy and cringeworthy. But I kind of like the direction of this movie, like the – the special effects and like the dream sequences, I, I thought a lot of that stuff looked pretty cool, and mm. it, it seemed to be done in um, maybe like a lot of like stop motion practical kind of stuff that I, I thought was interesting and good. It's just that's what took that fifteen it, years. It was one man doing yeah. all these effects by himself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just unfortunately it's mired in this really 
crazy problematic story. That... Yeah, let's stick with the. You mentioned the direction there. Let's stick with that for a little bit because I think you're actually being a little bit too kind and saying the direction's good because. Here's something else you need to realize. So I mentioned this was shot over like four or five years. The actual, you know, you know, the actual shooting of the the scenes. You get the impression that it wasn't so much that like they had to go back. I, I imagine he had to go back and fix and reshoot a lot of the same scenes that he'd already done. I feel like some scenes in here are better directed than others, and I think the ones that are better are the ones that he shot later because he got better at it. Uh, I, I think okay. I read that the main actor and uh, Michael Berryman were the only actors who were sort of involved for the entirety of all the shoot. And I think it stands out because their scenes together are typically the best ones. When it gets creepy, it's it's when the movie's at its best. And I think that's because because he didn't need the other actors, he could redo those as much as he wanted. So he just kept doing them until he actually got it right. Because it feels so... like you, you, You can feel that it's cobbled together. One of the first things I noticed in this movie is that because it was shot over such a long period of time, the actors' haircuts were constantly <laughs> changing scene to scene. There was times when the, the the brother character had like a really tight, you know, so, not buzz cut, but like really tight haircut, and then there was other times where it was kind of longer and it was kind of like you know, like dangling a little bit. Uh, and here's the other thing that shocked me about this: this has real actors in it. I just mentioned Michael oh, oh, Berryman yeah. from Hell's Have Eyes. D- Dana Meyer's in this. She's she's a proper actress. She's been in big movies. She's in lots of TV shows. Yeah, there's a uh, one guy towards the end who had a, a really small part, but um, I I recognize him as like a character actor, like not a huge guy, but mm. a guy that I'm like, oh, I definitely have seen him, uh, you know, yeah. and, and stuff before. And then the the brother character, I didn't really recognize him, but he's also been in stuff. I looked at his IMDb. In fact, he was oh, in yeah. the, the last Saw movie of all things. Oh, <laughs> wow. uh, and funnily enough, Dinah Meyer was in like three of the Saw movies in the middle. She was in the first <laughs> one, and she was in like two and. Maybe four? Was she in four? I think she was in like one to four. But... Oh, she did look familiar. Um, that's probably where I must have seen Oh, she's been in tons of stuff. She's in Starship Troopers. She's, she's, uh, she's been in tons of TV shows. Um, yeah, she, she, she's like, she's a proper prolific actress who pops up in a lot of, <laughs> lot of things. Uh, but that, that shocked me. As soon as like, this started, I'm like, I was expecting the room caliber of like these non-actors or, uh, or Birdemic even. And to be fair, there's you know he had enough money to actually pay people. Although yeah. it makes me wonder because I, I mentioned on Wikipedia that there was disputes with the actors occasionally, and that, that's why only some of them were there for the whole time. And I have to imagine that they hated this movie, like making it. I can only imagine like a prop, the proper actors who were brought in to make this. I can only imagine that they like. You know, they shot the the bulk of it in two thousand two, and then they're asked to come back in like you know a year later, two years later. The haircuts are completely different. They try and like you know like her hair especially like it changed color, like it had yeah. like a sort of reddishness to it. And then like the second scene you see her when she's just completely jet black, and it's like okay, she was clearly shooting something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I mean it's hard to imagine like. You know, if people have their own scenes or whatever, it's fine. But then, as soon as you know, you have to do a scene with uh, Dennis there, and again, he's just doing that full-on, like, in you know, crazy portrayal of a mentally challenged person. Like, I can't even imagine being an actor and being like, you know, not wanting to take someone aside and being like, uh, "Should we be doing this?" <laughs> like, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine them being on set. Like, is, is this a good idea? Is this? And this is another thing. He spent a lot of money on sets. Apparently, he built like a, a, almost every location that's interior in this. If it's not just in his mansion, which I'm assuming just the main house is his mansion, uh, like he built the set, like the ice cream shop, the restaurant. Which, by the way, <laughs> there's like three separate scenes where the brother and his girlfriend, which is Dana Meyer's character, they go to a restaurant to have dinner, and every single time it's the same restaurant and it's the exact same table are <laughs> sitting at. And I'm like, at least move them to a different corner. Or something to oh, try yeah. and hide it, but no, they're in the exact <laughs> same spot next to the fireplace. Uh, so I, the, I, it, it, it's funny because uh, I had just finished reading *The Disaster Artist*, which was a phenomenal uh, book, and you know, there's a lot of stuff in there about Tommy Wiseau being so insistent on doing stuff that you know was not like you know. A, smart like wanting to build entire like alleyway sets when they could have just filmed in the alleyway alleyway right next to it and stuff and i wonder if there's a similar little bit of that 
going on here where you know andrew getty is like uh no like we need to build this entire thing it's like well we couldn't just like you know rent out a restaurant for you know probably somewhat cheap and just shoot a scene there and- Com- yeah comparatively because like uh, at one point they go to like a pizza uh restaurant and there's like <laughs> animatronic puppets like playing instruments there's like an octopus playing the drums on the stage <laughs> and like he spent money on this to to have yeah. all this here like this is but this is, this is the weird thing about this movie is that as much as it, some of it's so ill-advised, like the, the, the central concept is kind of offensive. But at the same time, and it, as much as it doesn't quite work in a lot of ways, it is such a passion project that he cared so deeply about this that he spent the last 15 years of his life, he spent tinkering with this to make sure every visual effect, everything he wanted to do was perfect. There's, yeah. there, there's this weird, genuine feeling going on like well, as you're watching you don't feel like you're watching some stupid thing that mm. someone like you get the feeling though he really cared about this like he was pouring his heart and soul yeah. into this see this is what i love uh about movies like this versus just like a generic bad movie um because i think there's like what makes watching stuff like this or the room so enjoyable it, it's not because it's bad because anyone can make a bad movie you know <laughs> like that's not that hard to do well i can i will make good movies but that's fine well all right you're the <laughs> <laughs> exception but uh but yeah like if you don't have talent or or whatever and you don't know where to point a director or a camera or how to direct people or whatever it, you can make a really bad movie that's not fun to watch you, but you know, tim doesn't know how to make a movie he's like where do you put the director <laughs> why is the director not on screen uh, <laughs> But what I find so fascinating and enjoyable about these kind of movies is that even if it doesn't work, the director clearly had a vision. It's not just some guy that doesn't know what he's doing saying, I want to make a movie. Let's make a movie. This is a guy that is like, no, I have a specific vision that I want to bring to the screen. And for better or worse, he does it. And it's a strange, surreal glimpse into this guy's life. Yeah, that, that's meth addict, may I add, yeah. which explains yeah. some of the movie, <laughs> honestly. He's a, he, he's a meth addict. Uh, I read like a little bit that, you know, this is kind of based on like nightmares and, and stuff that he had as a child, uh, that he kind of came up with this weird... Um, reasoning for why we dream and that there's like other people that whisper these stories into us and yeah, so it's like it's, a weird it's, it's basically the idea that because at one point he tells these brothers like our, our dreams again he's, he's doing his his special needs kind of impression as he's doing this yeah. uh but he's telling his brother like our dreams just like one part of my brain talking to another part of my brain but these dreams are so dark that i'm convinced it's someone else telling my brain this these things yeah uh, so and he sees that he sees like this you know demonic Michael Berryman in the mirror and then it becomes him in the mirror and like he, then the perversion in the mirror starts talking normally to him and like you have to do this you have to start killing people you have to start, like this will make you better this will make you smarter it's it's just yeah. it's really uh, oh, it's just it's so, it's such an ill advised concept and it's so <laughs> you know like, it's. It's not a, a you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it is fascinating. Oh, it's fascinating. That's a great word for yeah. it. It's fascinating. <laughs> Sometimes it's fascinating because, you know, some of the, the creepy scenes are really well pulled off. Like, yeah. some, of, some of the dreams, some of the imagery that comes up is actually, like, at one point in the early dream when he's a kid and he's, he's his mother's with him, uh, she takes off her sunglasses and there's, like, two little mouths where her eyes should be. And it's, yeah. like, proper nightmare fuel. Like, there's yeah. some genuinely creepy imagery at points. Yeah, and I I really like uh, stuff with dreams. I like the surreal, strange quality to it, and I, I feel like it does kind of encapsulate, like sometimes you know how it feels to be stuck in a nightmare. And um, obviously, we're not into spoils yet, but I'll say um, I thought the ending, like actually, you know, again, kind of similar to the beginning, it had some really cool, like crazy looking stuff in it that I kind of enjoyed. That's the um, thing. Like a non-ironic yeah, level. Yeah, like like most of it's so well advised, but there's there's these odd moments, these sparse moments throughout where it's like, oh, that was actually kind of inventive and creepy, and yeah. like there's these little things just peppered throughout. But then you come back to the main character who's who's doing this, and I, I don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily the actor's fault who's doing this because again, the actor doing this, uh, Frederick Kohler, he he 
he is in other stuff. Like if I click on his name here, like he's been in proper things. He, oh. uh, where are we? He was in Pearl Harbor. Okay, he's maybe not the best. <laughs> uh, he's been on TV shows and stuff. I was in a couple of Torchwood episodes. You know, he's done things. I was in Lost. Yeah. Who was he in Lost? <laughs> I've seen Lost. Right, someone in Dharma or something, maybe? I love Lost. Yeah. <laughs> but, I I mean, yeah, he's like... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess it would be weird to say like he's doing the best he can or, or whatever, but it's, I mean, it's, you know, probably a lot more to do with the direction than it, you know, is like with him as an actor or, or whatever. It's just... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, just very ill-advised. Yes, yes. We've said that phrase a lot, but ill-advised <laughs> really is the uh, the name of the game today. He has this crush on this this girl who works at the ice cream place, and again, this is this is showing you how long this ago this was made. Is like I was looking through the actors because, like, like I said, I, I, I was looking up the others and seeing like what they'd been in, like because I'd recognised obviously two of them, but I was curious about the others. Uh, interestingly, there's a social services woman who's trying to like take him away from from his brother. Uh, when I looked her up. Funnily enough, she she's an older actress, but she was actually in like the first image I got for her when I when I looked her name up was that she was Mary in an episode of Star Trek the original series from season one, which because me and Connor have been working through that and reviewing that for the, the for the channel and uh, it was just oh man that's weird that like I I just watched her as a teenager in something from the sixties <laughs> recently but uh like, yeah so she's in stuff but the the girl who works at the ice cream place uh, Brianna Brown is the actress uh, her character's name Susan. Uh, when I looked her up, and this one stuck out more than more than any of the others because in the movie, like she looks like she's you know like in her early twenties, you know she's she's she, she's kind of intentionally this sort of attractive blonde that he's got a got the hots for. That's kind of the point. But she's, I, she literally like calls herself hot, like she does. <laughs> that's and like you, how she like introduces herself to people. And you can tell, like I, I think the other actors come off a little bit better than the. Than the than the guy playing Dennis does because they all kind of react to him appropriately for the most part. Oh sure, yeah. You know, like, like uh, there's some stuff like behind his back. Sometimes they make. Oh sure, like, uh, Dana Meyer's character comes off awful whenever he's not around because she's basically yeah. saying, "Yeah, dump him in a hospital. I don't want to move in with him." Like, yeah. like those, those, like, those kind of lines. So she she comes off quite badly in that sense. But anyway, yeah. that's actress Brianna Brown. When I looked her up, her photo was like, "Wait, she looks different in this." What, what? And I was like, "Oh, that's because she's 38 now." Oh, wow. And I'm like, damn! Like that just shows you how long it's been since they shot those scenes. Like, like the actors have aged so much, and the movies just came out. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's fascinating. It's, yeah. it's really one of a kind. Like, there's only one room, and there's only one evil within. Mm. And I, I, you know, I'm just comparing those two because those are the two that spring to mind. But this is the kind of thing I can see this having a cult following that people go and watch it years from now. I mean, without a doubt, I know, like. I, it, it's a little tough because I, I think it's a little bit of a harder watch than yeah something like The Room or, or whatever. But this is definitely something that I'm like itching to talk to people about. I do want to show it to people uh, because, again, it's like just something like, all right, let's discuss what the hell uh, we just watched. Um, it's so and- It's so unfiltered. It's kind of that thing where... If anyone could just go and make a movie without experience, you'd end up with like tons of this crap. But because yeah. b- because making movies is so, so expensive, you know people can't do that. But you've got this one guy who was just rich enough to just do it, and yeah. as a result, we end up with this weird specimen of a movie, this oddity of just craziness. I know for sure. Like I, I you know, I, I don't know if the, if. They're gonna, if it does get like a big enough cult following, if they'll start doing stuff like this. But I'd love to watch like a documentary about this, or if you know someone write like that worked on it, if they write kind of like a tell-all book. Because I, and even um, you know, the, right now this is uh, streaming on Prime. So uh, if anyone has a Prime membership, you can watch it for free, and uh, I'd, I'd recommend doing that. Uh, you know, before we go into spoilers, because again, it's just a, a a really weird one of a kind watch but um, I, I wonder what uh, reaction you'd get from like Dana Meyer if, if you were interviewing her and you thought <laughs> oh by the way you did this movie called Evil Within like would, would she be like no, we're not talking about that move on yeah. next question like would, would she want to talk about it like I can't imagine this was a 
a pleasurable experience. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Getty was a, a nice director, a nice guy, but that this was, feels so unprofessional the way it was shot and the way it was put together that I can't imagine the actors had anything but bad things to say about the experience. Yeah, so I really want to check to see if, um, you know, like I said, it's streaming right now. Um, if there is a like an actual like DVD or Blu-ray of it, um, if there are special features, I might actually buy this because like if they have any kind of commentary or, or making of or something behind the scenes, I'd be really interested to see what that looks like. It's really fascinating. Anyway, there's a dream sequence at one point where uh, Brianna Brown uh, does full frontal nudity uh, in this dream. And I literally yelled out loud when it got to that scene, not for this movie! Don't, <laughs> don't do it for this movie! Come on! You can I mean, seriously, like how how does this conversation go? That This guy's funding this movie on his own. How does this not feel a little bit creepy to say, like, okay, right, you're going to go nude? Are you comfortable yeah. with this? Like, um, I, I don't know. I just I oh can't I, I can't imagine the 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 uncomfort and the you know you get this meth addict director <laughs> like directing <laughs> you. And I just oh it's just yeah. It, well, yeah, I mean, should we jump into the spoilers? At yeah, this point? yeah. I think I think we're we're ready to go. So full yeah. spoilers for the evil within from this point on. What did you want to bring up? Jeez, I, I don't even know <laughs> where, to start. where to begin. Yeah, it's because um, obviously I think early on in the movie it's just a case of okay, he, he's doing this really wacky performance, uh, mm. an insensitive performance, and the other characters are kind of arguing about their lives and how have, they have to put up with them like behind his back, and it's like okay, right. You know, the the thing that I was a little confused by is with the brother. I wasn't sure if he wanted to get rid of him because, uh, you know, he, he's like, oh, trying to sell the house, like, you know, because I want to put him in a hospital. But he wants to put him in, like, a good hospital. But, like, I don't know, it, it seems like there are points where he's like, no, like, we're family. Like, you can't break us up. Like, I, I'm his guardian. And then it seems like there's moments where he's like, you know, oh, I need to get rid of this guy. I need to, you know, find a good hospital for him. I think the the I think what the intention is is that he's conflicted because he wants to get rid of him because he knows it makes more sense. But then he feels guilty. But the movie doesn't because really do the, a good job. He was of, the reason that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was such a like. I mean, c- 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 can that cause this? Like, c- can get a hit in the head cause this condition? I don't think it can. I, I feel like not to this extreme, ex- especially to the point where they were saying he was like a genius, a genius, yeah. <laughs> like, like until the, one of the world's smartest yeah. men. It, until the age of six, he was like one of the smartest kids <laughs> on the planet. He was learning like like advanced math from books and yeah. everything else. And then I accidentally knocked him down the stairs, and now he's like this. Like I don't know, it's it's, it's so if nothing else, even if it's even if it's possible, which I highly doubt it is, it's so ham fisted of like a sort of motivation for this character to yeah. not want to get rid of him. It's 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 so but so it, it keeps going and like Dinah Meyer's kind of pissed that she's not being proposed to, and it's kind of whatever. But then so so Dennis keeps getting these nightmares, and he keeps like seeing. And honestly, the, the nightmare scenes are actually kind of good. Like you know when he, he, yeah. he sees like the the. Michael Berryman's like character in the mirror, and he sees the creepy things happen. Like that first time you see him, where he's just kind of like against the wall, and then it sort of fades, and it's just a pile of clothes. It's actually kind of a yeah. good little moment. Like it's, there's I, little moments like that that do work. Yeah, and like when he like attaches the zipper to his back and then unzips him and like crawls into his skin. Like I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. I'm just going to say that again, just so you understand, just because that's a really <laughs> wacky sentence to say. When like, so basically, Dennis is lying almost kind of paralyzed on the bed, yeah. face down. Michael Berryman comes up and he has like a sort of just zip on its own, and then he presses it into his back. It's almost as if it's got little sort of spikes that sort of go into the back of the guy's back. And then once he's got it all in, which looks painful in and of itself, he unzips yeah. it and then goes into his body and zips it back up. It is yeah. a really <laughs> surreal scene, but it's actually really effective because I've never seen anything like it before. It's yeah. pretty cool. And then also, uh, I have no idea, like, is there something special about this mirror that, like, because it, it seems that he has these crazy messed up dreams, like, for mm-hmm. a long time, but then he doesn't actually start seeing the Michael Berryman, and I don't know, I, I guess, 
Legion <laughs> uh, character until he, the mirror is actually brought up. He is credited as Cadaver, just for, Cadaver, the, okay. for the record. <laughs> but uh, I don't think there's anything special about the mirror. I think the whole idea was is that it was just like, the idea of him looking at his reflection was going to make him sort of like reflect on himself, which is kind of yeah. what happens because eventually starts seeing like this alternate version of himself talking to him in the mirror who at first is talking like him in the sort of broken language and then yeah. eventually starts talking with you know a regular voice but he he's like uh there's a way to get better i've just not told you how to do it and like, okay where's this going it's like okay how, how do i get better and i'm not doing the, the voice by the way i'm just speaking normally because i'm not i'm oh, not yeah, doing yeah, an, yeah. an impression of a special needs person you're not mm-hmm. getting that tapping on camera <laughs> uh and he's like oh you have to kill a kitty cat and I'm like, yeah. oh god, they better not show this happening. And to be fair, they don't. They cut away before he does it, but he, he convinces him to kill the neighbor's cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole thing is just so poor taste because he's like, but the, the, the cat likes me. He's like, well, that'll make it easier to catch it. And it's just, yeah. oh, what, what are you doing? Uh, and then it actually cuts to him opening a freezer and he's killed like several cats and dogs and he's got them on ice. That's what's crazy about it is how casual like the killing is because it and you know it it kind of upgrades from like cats to kids and stuff and then it's always like starting off with you have to kill a cat you have to kill a kid and then it's like okay and then you'll see a quick scene of him about to kill someone but then it always cuts to like oh right i've killed four kids now it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh i guess like he's been busy in the time we haven't seen like what he's been doing yeah and the fact that he's able to do this without his brother like noticing that something's going on yeah because eventually the brother comes home and he's like wait what's that noise it's like downstairs like he's doing some woodwork we've seen that he's gotten some dvds of of, like taxidermy and like biology (laughs) and like other stuff and his brother notices these dvds and he's like Dennis, what what is all this? Why why are you looking at all this material? This is this is insane. And he, he basically just says, "Oh, I bet I mixed uh, the the guy at the store mixed his bag up with someone else's." So this is actually some other guy's DVDs. Uh, he's like, "Oh, that makes sense." Then, and he, <laughs> despite the fact that his brother's special needs, despite the fact that he sounds like he's working dangerous machinery because he thinks he's doing DIY. He thinks he's he's been a he, he jokes about oh maybe he'll become a carpenter. Like you don't think it'd be worth to check to see if he's being safe with the with the the tools and the instruments? Yeah, especially at some point he starts complaining about a bad smell coming from the basement. Yeah, it's in the same scene. <laughs> he smells something bad, but yeah, he's like, okay, you don't want to show me for a few days. I'll accept that. Yeah. No. Never. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, and I do think there is some um, like weird uh, lines of like room esque kind of dialogue like the social worker character um it's it's very strange when she shows up and they have um like in the way in the room where everyone it's very blunt and like straightforward and just saying stuff without any kind of like preamble like she kind of shows up out of nowhere and is just like you know basically like hey we're gonna take your kid like you know, someone called us and told us he might be abusive. And like, yeah, because see, see at that point, see when she said someone calls anonymously, I thought it might be the girlfriend, yeah. and I thought that may be a revelation later that leads to something, yeah. but it's never brought up again. No one ever asks who who called. Yeah, and also I think her name is Mildy, and it, it it just sounds like so weird when he's talking to her because he uses her name a lot. He's like, "Listen, Mildy, here's the thing, Mildy. You don't know anything, Mildy. Get out of my house, Mildy." It's it's just like this weird surreal dialogue where it doesn't really sound like this is the way people talk. Yeah, there's some other weird like there's, a, there's an entire subplot where the brother is going to like a therapist. Yeah. And then he can't afford the therapy anymore, so the <laughs> therapist agrees to just see him at lunch and just give him yeah. free, free therapy. And it's like, okay. But what did it actually add? I mean, I think it's supposed to add depth to his character because it's shown how conflicted he is and how he has problems, but it, it never really does anything with it. It's just kind of... And it leads to maybe one of the most bizarre scenes in the movie towards the end where he thinks he sees his therapist, but it's this, like, giant man that gets so angry at him. Oh, that's right, it's, yeah. I forgot about that scene. It is so bizarre. It's really bizarre. And so, so after killing some kids, Dennis is like, you know, evil Dennis, who who says he's from the like the dark, and he wants oh. to sw- he wants to swap places with actual Dennis because you'll like it over here, you'll be fixed over here, and if I get out there, I'll be alive. 
Uh, well, let's not gloss over um, and and I, I'm I forget about the a little bit about the timeline, so I'm not sure if we're, we're past this point or whatever. But after he kills the kids and he starts talking about uh, Susan at the ice cream shop, who he has. Yes. Uh, you know, crush on and his dark version is telling him like oh like she'll never like you she won't like a special needs person but a serial killer oh she would also, like that i liked how you cleaned up that 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 dialogue there because the actual line was she would never yeah. f a retard that was the exact yeah. line that he says to himself again talking about this being ill-advised talking about this being poor taste like this right. is someone who did not think about what they were writing as they were writing it this is okay this is fine um, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I think there's almost a justification for that type of like if you're if you're inside someone like this's head, like mm-hmm. and they're worried about what people are being calling them, it would make sense to an extent that they would be like have this like self doubt in there, right? I, I just I love this logic of maybe she'd like me if I was a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> what, what he says like a serial killer. Oh, that's mysterious. That's exciting. <laughs> She'll like that. Oh my god, the whole thing is just so so poor oh taste in that sense so he goes to, he goes to the, the, the ice cream shop which by the way just while we're on the ice cream shop later on in the movie the brother actually says the line to the girlfriend we sh- let's, let's go to the ice cream shop for a coffee that's a line of dialogue that comes out of his mouth I don't know I've never heard anyone say that before but sure uh, so we actually this is probably the first time it, I mean it feels like a horror movie before but this is the first time where one of the kill sequences it feels more like a horror movie because we actually cut to the ice cream shop and she's on her own and she's like hearing a noise and she like goes and checks it out and it's like you know your traditional sort of slasher movie kind of setup and then there's a jump scare where Dennis just kind of jumps out and I guess he knows like parkour at some oh, point. Oh no, we're, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there. Okay. Because <laughs> there's a whole scene before this, Tim, where he it's just a, a regular jump scare oh. where she's oh, like, oh, 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 it's okay, just right. you, Dennis, and then they start talking yeah. and he's like. Oh, I bought a journal I uh, so I can uh, take down thoughts. And he's like, but, yeah, but can you read? And he's like, oh, no, but like, I get someone else to write it down for me, and then I get my brother to read it to me later. And he's like, oh, that's dead sweet. Uh, do you want me to write something down for you? And he, uh, he gets her to write, like, uh, like I, I can't remember how it starts, but it basically turns into this really awkward, um, oh, yes, the, you know, Susan at the, the ice cream shop, you know, we could be good boyfriend, girlfriend, and we could do this and that, and... Like maybe something about having babies. Or... Yeah, and she starts to get a little bit freaked out. She's like, "Oh, you're kidding, right, Dennis? Like, why would I be kidding? It's like I would just feel more comfortable if you're kidding." And then he's like, "Yeah, but I you're." Think, to, to be fair, I think she probably handled it the best she could. Oh, yeah, sure. That is a very awkward. <laughs> yeah, like as, as far as what she could do in this situation, like this is probably the best she could handle it. Absolutely. And it, even if you take out the you know if this was a person with special needs even if it's like a regular person you know doing something in a similar roundabout way it would still be super super awkward oh sure oh it would be yeah i think there's an extra awkwardness though because i think if it was a regular person you could be a bit more like okay you're you know you're making me uncomfortable whereas in this case he yeah. doesn't understand that he's making her uncomfortable true yeah uh, so, mm-hmm. so it's like you know with a regular person there's an expectation like okay you know what you're doing here uh, so I can kind of criticize you for how you're going about this. Whereas with mm-hmm. someone with special needs, it's like, okay, you don't understand what you're doing here, so I have to give you some leeway. But she she does try and say, like, uh, I'm spoken for, and that's when he gets mad. He's like, no, you were only with him for a month. And he's like, he knows all these things, and he's like, uh, <laughs> he gets really angry. And it gets, you know, kind of heated, and he has to leave. He gets upset. And then she hears more noises. She goes back to check out the back. And this is when he Spider-Mans out of a small cupboard. <laughs> Which, the, the the strange thing is, um, it, you know, we know that there's this weird dark version that lives in the mirrors that's telling him to do these things. But we never really got the sense that he's been, I don't know, giving him powers or anything. But all of a sudden, he, he can do stuff that like, well, for, not for, even a regular person could do. For, for a start... He, he he goes outside and like he really couldn't have gotten back into that cupboard in the time it takes oh, yeah. him to walk back to that room. <laughs> and then secondly, the cupboard's too small for him. He kind of just like comes out and he does this kind of flip past her yeah. and then kills her. It, it's just well, he doesn't actually kill her. He he tries to kill her. He chases her out of the shop and she gets hit by a car. That's how she actually dies. Yeah. Oh man, it's and, oh. and it's strange that we never really get much um idea of like what the cops are are doing because at this point they're 
you know, has to be a string of pets and <laughs> children, and now this person. Now, t- to be fair, at least with this person, it looks like an accident. Oh yeah, sure. Because she gets yeah. hit by a car. She runs out onto the road and she gets hit by a car. So at least this one, it looks kind of innocent esque, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: so he gets taken to a restaurant uh, because this, this is where Dana Meyer's character is trying to like. Oh, I, I want to like try and make an effort to be like a family with you know, your brother. So they go yeah. to this restaurant where the octopus is playing the drums, as I mentioned. <laughs> and Dennis goes to the bathroom and he just decides to kill a guy in the in the bathroom randomly. I actually, I actually kind of like uh, the way they did this because it's a, a super quick cut where it's just mm. like, you know, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom and it's not like, you know, uh, it just in like uh, I think they show him going in, you know, through the hallway and then entering the bathroom. But then it just like jumps to him stabbing someone in the face. Yeah, in, in the cubicle, and mm-hmm. then he starts freaking out and saying, "Oh, I didn't. You didn't even tell me to do that one. I just did it. I'm getting. I'm getting yeah. better at this." <laughs> and, and he just uh, he just dumps the body out the window. Yeah, <laughs> like he just like picks it up, uh, goes over to the window. The actual way this, the, yeah, the actual way the kill is, the kill is shot is actually quite good. Like I actually kind of like the sudden sort of nature of it. Uh, the way he just kind of jumps into the cubicle and stabs the guy in the face. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he comes out of the bathroom, and that's when we get this weird dream sequence where he uh, sees the naked Susan, and she, like, as much as I was like, oh, no, don't do not do nudity for this movie, please. Like, <laughs> you're going to regret this in life. But it actually turns into this cool kind of little nightmare sequence because she kind of morphs into this kind of backward spider thing that's crawling along the floor, and her boobs are, like, on her back. It's, like, really weird. It's like very like Silent Hill esque, or even like uh, maybe not on her back, but it's almost like her legs and uh, arms have bent the opposite way, and she's yeah. doing like a sort of crab walk. But it's like really, it's very stop motion. It's very surreal, uh, and then he kind of wakes up at the table, which because they do that a lot in the movie where you, something creepy happens, then he kind of realizes he's dozed off and he's, you know, he's away in his head. Which uh, maybe maybe says maybe he didn't kill someone, maybe he just fell asleep at the table. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I wasn't sure at points in this movie uh, if. If they're if we're supposed to believe everything that's happening, or if some of it, or all of it, if it's supposed to be just stuff going on in this guy's head or in his dreams. Um, I, well, I think the fact that he gets arrested at the end and goes to a, a mental hospital True, would imply yeah, yeah. that he, he's done some of it. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there's, there's this whole thing in the middle of the movie. So after he's killed Susan, there's a bit of time that passes kind of off camera, and uh, the brother and uh, the brother and uh, Dana Meyer's character they they go out to the, their usual little uh, outside the, the, not, not the main <laughs> restaurant. restaurant they have dinner but there's like an outside yeah. one they go to maybe it's the same place though it just looks different because it's the daytime I, I think it's where him and his uh, therapist have been having yeah. lunch and they, they go there and that's where that's the scene with the, the tall guy who he thinks is his therapist but they basically so start worse. to notice that our, their waitress isn't there they go to the ice cream shop for coffee, <laughs> as I mentioned. Uh, Susan's not there. They just hear about this yeah. now. They can't find his therapist. And there's a scene where they're literally driving around the city and they're looking down the streets like, why don't we recognise anyone? <laughs> Everyone we know is not around today. Why are they all sick? This is weird. Yeah. Which uh, it, 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 again, it just goes back to that thing where it's like, uh, oh, I guess he's been doing a lot more killing than it seems. Like, if you're just going by what you see in yeah. the movie, it seems like maybe he killed two or three people. Let's just make this clear, right? What's happening right now at this point in the movie is that without them noticing, he has killed off every single person they know. <laughs> and they're like, this is weird. Why is everyone we know not around today? Like That, that is literally what happens at this point in the movie. They're driving around the, the city of, I don't know, where, where are they, LA? I, I have no idea. But I, Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, it looks sunny enough. But they're driving around and they're like... Why don't we recognise anyone? To be fair, <laughs> I'm pretty sure at any point in, in a city you could drive down a main street and go, I don't recognise anyone in the street. Yeah. Well, of course you and, don't. And, There's millions of people okay. in the city. Yeah, unless you live in like a small, tight-knit community or something. But yeah, any big city, uh, I, I never see anyone I recognise on the streets. Oh, dear. And, now, uh, I, I do just want to go back to real quick to oh, yeah, the, um, the pizza place. Um because I, I think it's it's pretty important. It comes into play uh, in the last half of the movie. Just the idea of him seeing the animatronics and kind of being fascinated by the idea of like, you know, uh, robotics or puppetry and you know, kind of controlling these things. Um, I actually do think like, oh, that's that's a nice little setup for what that last final, you know, scene in the movie basically becomes. Yeah, yeah, it foreshadows what what he's going to do at the end of the movie. You, you, yeah. So basically, 
the brother finds out that he didn't get his his, his uh, books and DVDs swapped. That it was him looking up the taxidermy, and Dinah Myers already decided to go and talk to Dennis on her own uh, to try and bond with him. And he's like, "Oh no, this is bad. He may actually be killing people." And he drive he drives off or he gets a taxi to go back to the house. Uh, Dinah Myers been stabbed already, and the brother comes in. He goes out of the basement, and he ends up sitting in the chair because. Why he sits in the chair with a smile on his face to see what Dennis has built, I don't know, because he's, he's already worried that something bad's going on at this point. But he sits down in the chair and then finds out that it's been glued, like there's glue all over it so he can't get up. He's like, you know, his arms are like sticking to it. Uh, very Saw-like actually, just to go back to the fact that he was in a Saw movie. Uh, but, so basically Dennis is on stage and he's he's basically, he's emptied out Dinah Meyer and he's using her as a puppet and he's like doing a ventriloquist act with her. And it first. Oh, yeah, and the, oh, sorry, but there was like a, a weird uh, scene in the beginning out of nowhere where you see him like practicing kind of like a stand-up routine <laughs> in front of the mirror. So, oh, like, I forgot I, I about that. Yeah. Like I don't know if he has like some type of like desire to perform uh, or, or something that kind of comes out uh, at the end here, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah, maybe. Well, maybe that's the whole idea of the the storyteller, and like that's actually part of his brain that wants to tell stories. Okay, yeah, you know, that's like a perf- performance thing. He wants to do that, but he he's got her on his lap, and he's like, you know, making her move, and it, it takes actually it takes the brother a long time to notice that she's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's as a natural long amount of time, and then like everyone else is killed. Like the therapist is like his head's on something, the social worker's head's on, like, the, the spider that he's made with legs, kind of like the octopus, and, yeah. like, like all the people he's killed, and you, you see, like, the the story of their, their childhood, like, the whole story of him, like, throwing them down the stairs, you see, like, the, the two kids that he's murdered, they're puppets in the background, and they're acting that out, uh, it's all marionette-esque, and, like, yeah. it's just this deranged thing, and, then it's funny we keep comparing it to the room because it actually ends in a very kind of similar way where the brother takes a gun, puts it in his mouth, and kills yeah. himself. Uh, and it it it's strange because Dennis is like the main character, or, or seems like the main character of the whole movie, and hmm. it seems like everything is you know trying to be, you know, uh, him trying to become better. Um, and then in the end, it seems like. Well, it doesn't really seem like that was the goal. It seems like the goal was to torment his brother in this like one big giant final nightmare for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. It basically became a revenge movie. Yeah, <laughs> in a weird way, and it never felt like that until the last like twenty minutes. It was kind yeah. of strange. Uh, and then you see what looks like him getting grabbed by like a big giant spider, but then like it 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 changes and you realize it's the police like arresting him. And we end with this, and the narration which was gone the whole movie from the start, because like, it was there at the start of the movie, it comes back in at the end to to show that, because actually at this point we should mention that he's actually swapped places, it's the evil Dennis that's in the real mm-hmm. world now, there's a scene where he pulls him into the mirror and then he comes out, uh, and this is actually because two cops with a social worker show up before all this goes down, and it's just after he switched places in the mirror, and evil Dennis basically goes around the house killing them all. Uh, mm. And he does seem to have superpowers because he he hides <laughs> he hides in the mirror and jumps out. He morphs yeah. his face. He, he he suddenly has all these superpowers. It's weird. And I, I guess the idea is that it's just in his head, and it's just mm. kind of the representation of what he's doing. But man, you can tell the director this was on meth. It's it's, it's pretty <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, Jeez. <laughs> but like like I say, like unlike. Your, your, your usual directed video crap, which this looks mm-hmm. like in the terms. See the poster. See if you're like browsing Amazon and you see the oh, poster yeah, of this. Yeah. It looks like any other generic cheap horror movie that you you probably don't want to watch. Mm-hmm. But unlike those, there is a genuine kind of passion that you feel yeah. as you're watching it, which is kind of what separates the uh, the, the the real shit from the the shit that's worth watching. And by that I mean like the room. Look, the room's mm-hmm. this movie where it's terrible. But it's fascinating to watch because this, you know, Tommy Wiseau poured his heart and soul into it, and he actually was trying to make a good movie, and he he thinks he did, and this yeah. is kind of the same thing where this this Getty guy he he spent years perfecting this, and you can feel that on the screen, like it it does feel cobbled together. Like you say, you can see the haircuts changing between the scenes. <laughs> you can tell that 
he tried to save various things in the edits and the audio sometimes isn't recorded that well. But compared to the room, and especially compared to something like Birdemic, the technical qualities are yeah. through the roof in comparison to those. Yeah, I think like one of the big differences is a, a bad, bad movie just makes you kind of go, oh, this is bad, This the person who made this sucks. But like a good, bad movie makes you go what were they thinking? Like, I want to be in this guy's head that to understand what made them think like we, we should do this and we should do it this way. And you know, like it's, yeah, it's just so, I I find it so interesting and, uh, you know, and curious. Um, yeah, just to go back on something you said there, you (laughs) said uh, a bad, like an actual, just bad, boring movie. Like the director that just sucks. I wouldn't even say the suckness. I mean, they might suck, but I would say it's just that they don't care. Like it's just a, it's just a job. Sure, yeah, they, they're yeah. hired to come in, make a movie that they, they didn't write. They know it's probably going to be bad, so it's like let's just get this over with. Yeah, it's kind of that mentality. We don't really care. Whereas, I mean, I don't think the actors cared in this. I think that clearly some of the actors, <laughs> by the time they left and by the time they like had actually done some of it, they were like, yeah. "No, I'm like, I, I don't care about this." But Getty cared profusely oh, yeah. about this. Yeah. He 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 did everything he could to try and make his vision come to life and oh man it's it's almost a shame that we can't like like talk to him about it, like interview him yeah. ask him about like like what he was thinking for various sections and yeah it, it is actually like you know uh yeah quite a bummer um and especially since you know it, it is something that seemed like so personal and meant so much to him uh, the fact that he never got to see its release is actually pretty heartbreaking like it uh, like uh, when you first hear about it it sounds like kind of a, a joke like oh uh, a rich meth addict uh makes a movie and dies before it's finished but then once you actually watch it and kind of start to see what it's about and then you know yeah again we don't know anything about this guy other than he's you know rich and had a drug problem and but i mean we don't know if you know um maybe he might have been like a really you know solid nice guy that had his problems and maybe he um maybe he wasn't a a good dude i I don't know but either way it really sucks that he had this thing that he never got to see finished yeah um I mean, it is worth mentioning, I, I, just to go back to how ill-advised it is, I, I, th- this is definitely a movie that I would never let anyone who's not an adult watch, because oh, sure, you, sure. you have to go into this knowing this is not a good portrayal of mentally ill people. It's just not. Oh, yeah. it, it is like It is so, like, it's actually a good thing that this is only going to be seen by people who really seek it out. Like, it's not right, right. in front of people's faces, because I feel like th- this would probably cause an absolute storm if, like... yeah. If this was like a big uh, major release or something, yeah, people would, yeah, be going crazy. Uh, like this is definitely something I w- I want to recommend. But, um, yeah, if if I ever do, you know, tell someone to watch it, I I am gonna put the caveat like just to let you know, like it's su- has a super insensitive portrayal because yeah, if you don't want someone watching it if they're particularly sensitive or know people, uh, you know, that are like this, that it's you know, um. It might be definitely kind of a hard watch. I, I even had, you know, <laughs> hard times watching it at certain points. Uh, but yeah, I, I still, um, if, if any of this at all sounds interesting <laughs> to someone, I would definitely recommend seeking it out because it's, yeah, I, again, don't want to say, oh, this is a good, great movie, you'll love it. But it's a very, very interesting, one of a kind watch that. You know, you, there's not a, a lot of stuff like this where you can say like it's there's crazy nothing, that this got made. Yeah, there's nothing like this one specifically. Like name me another yeah. movie where one rich guy made it over fifty years. <laughs> so it's, just, it's one of a kind. Yeah. I think if you're fascinated by those kind of oddities of cinema, uh, yeah. you'll you'll be you'll be intrigued as you watch it. Maybe horrified yeah. at times, but you'll get something out of it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend this to average folk, though. I wouldn't re- recommend oh, this. No. If, <laughs> Like, yeah. if you just want good movies, yeah, stay far away. It's not that, but <laughs> yeah. it's. I like that's a good way to put it. An oddity of cinema, I like that. <laughs> yes, it's an oddity. It's, it's <laughs> something that was made outside the the system, and not even just the major <laughs> studio, just outside of any kind of cinema system, outside of any movie studio. It's this one man's unfiltered, delirious vision, <laughs> and it's you know. Say what you want about it. It's 
It is what it is. Like it's 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 yeah. un it's untouched. It's just his and no one else's. Yeah. And it's for better or worse, it exists. <laughs> so Oh boy. Oh man. Uh and and again I just wanna say this is um something that's been on my radar for a while now. I'm I'm really glad that we finally uh, were able to do it because 'cause I've been wanting to watch it, but I know like this isn't something I can watch on my own and not have someone to talk about oh, it. Oh yeah, with. I <laughs> honestly I put this on thinking I'd maybe I'd be going to sleep and maybe watch finishing the rest of it and like after I slept, but like as soon as it got to like who this character was, my jaw was like just <laughs> on the floor and I was too awake. It woke me up. I'm like, what is this movie? Tell me it's not doing this. Like it, I was in shock about who the main character was for a good like 15 minutes yeah. when they revealed it. And then, and by the time I kind of got used to it, I mean, it was never okay, but when I got used to it, it was like, okay, where's it going now? Just just as I was getting used to the fact that we had this character, that's <laughs> when he started talking to himself about killing things. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. what you do? No. <laughs> it, oh, man, it is, yeah. it is a, a rare, rare beast I, to I, examine I, and dissect. And I, I really, really wonder... Like how I would feel about it if they took the aspect, uh, the mentally challenged aspect out of it and just had like, you know, there's no reason why you couldn't have done it as like a a guy that's just having trouble sleeping and is tormented by dreams and then he gets this mirror that starts doing stuff. Yeah, or even do it with someone who's a bit younger, like actually have it be like a teenager who's maybe uh, a bit more susceptible and it's just about... You know, just have it be about someone who's turning into a serial killer, but this is in their head is how they turn to like, like they've got, they've got like another version of them in their head telling them to be a serial killer. Like, that's an okay premise for a movie, but yeah. this is just, oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I guess we have the really weird task of rating this out of ten, which this is it's unrateable really almost. Like I I don't know yeah. how you rate this because I I I think in terms of. In terms of film making, it's it's at best like a two or three. Not not because it looks that bad, but just be, in the sense that it's cobbled together, in the sense that the actors' haircuts are changing from scene to scene, and in sense of like there's some weird alien bits of dialogue. Um, in terms of it being insensitive, you're down at really low number. But then there's those moments of creativity, and there's also that unique factor where I'm not going to see anything else like this for the rest of this year, yeah. or probably for the next ten years. That this this is going to be in my head forever now. It's like. I'm never going to forget the evil within. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be there. So I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, this is super hard. Um, and honestly, it's really just the insensitivity, insensitivity to it because I, I mean, I, I feel like it still would have been maybe like a little strange, but I, I would have had a clearer level and maybe not have felt bad about giving it mm. uh, somewhat of a, a higher score. Uh, not that it would have been like an eight or a nine or anything, but. Um, of course not. You'd be crazy. <laughs> you'd, be, yeah. you, you'd be the crazy one. Like, forget the methodic director. You'd be the one. Um, I think I'm still gonna give it. Like, I, I don't know if it sounds weirdly high for this movie, but I think I'm gonna give it a, a four. Which okay. is, yeah, yeah, because it's there are. Um, it, but it's one of those weird ratings where it's like. This is a four, which sounds like a really low rating, but it is a four that I enjoyed. <laughs> Maybe to the point even more than like some movies I might have rated like five or something. Or uh... it, it, yeah, I think I may agree with the four. Actually, I think four is a really good number to go with because there's a lot of things that are really bad about it. There's a lot of things like like I said, the cobbled togetherness, the the inconsistencies, the the, the you know the, the insensitive nature of it. But it's so crazy as as a movie, and there's some genuine creepy little inventive little scares and moments that it does kind of rise it up to about a four. So I'll yeah yeah. I feel like a two or a three would be like don't even bother watching it. Like I I think a four is a the threshold where it's like this is still watchable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I guess that's the evil within. So, um, if you have hap- if you have seen this, let us know what you think about it. In yeah, the I'd comments. be really interested to see. Um, yeah, anyone else that's seen it, what they think. 
uh, or on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz if you want to do that. You can support us over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Uh, you get a monthly vote over there for our streams episode. There's also the new commentary tier. The first month of commentaries are actually free for everyone on patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. You can go over there and just get access to those if you want uh, with no charge. So, um, But otherwise, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Keep in mind, we're doing a lot of extra episodes this month. They'll be coming thick and fast. Uh, so Ooh, look forward to those and of course uh, we're taking the first week in November off uh, because October's so busy and packed but, uh, but yeah so thanks very much for watching uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time keep watching scary movies guys goodbye <laughs>